0: Live from the Annex Wealth
1: Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano.
2: Coming up on 10 Minutes After 8 on Wisconsin's Morning News. So great to have you with us on this Wednesday morning. Greg Pancake Hill producing the program. Eric Bilstead and Vince Petrano here with you until 9 o'clock. Quote, there go my people. I must find out where they are going so I can lead them. An oft-quoted piece from history, mid-1800s, Ledru dru French politician in the ah, 1800s okay. so, Yeah, all of that. I must find out where my people are going so I can lead them. If you're not out in front by virtue of that fact, you are not leading anyone. And I feel like that's where we're going with this increasing number of advisory referenda that everyone from municipalities to the state want to throw on ballots. And there's a reason behind that that we'll get into a little bit. But if the reason were truly to figure out, well, we just want to see where the people are at with this. What are you doing there anyway? First of all, you probably know where the people are at on any number of things. And then secondly, you're going to ignore that anyway and do what
0: you want. Right. Well, yeah, there's the cynicism. In large part as well. Let the cynicism flow through you.
2: So talking about this because we have the general election on April 4th. There will be a number of things on your ballot. Uh, at least it looks like a second item statewide that we'll all have in addition to the race for state Supreme Court justice. A very important race because it could flip the balance of the high court, which right now leans conservative. You have three conservative justices, three liberal justices, and then Brian Hagedorn is more conservative than not, although has at times gone over and voted with or or ruled, if you will. With the liberal block,
0: so he's really the only justice. He's the justice. Right? <laughs> <Kinda> <laughs> the other ones just do. Just their go thing. ahead and talk
2: right to him yep. when you're presenting your case at the high court. <laughs> and so you have a seat that's uh, that's going to be vacated on the conservative side. And uh, is it Patience Rogensack who's not running? Yes, is that it? So she's she's going to vacate that seat. You have an open seat. So if uh, one of the liberal candidates were to take that seat, you'd have liberals four three and probably sometimes five two. In some of the rulings ahead of the state Supreme Court, if the Republicans manage or the conservatives, if you will, manage to hold that seat, then kind of status quo is maintained. So it's a really important election in our state as more and more things are litigated out, even things that are duly passed by the legislature end up in court for review. And then you can have the high court toss them out or confirm them. So really important race that's going to be on the April 4th ballot prior to I don't know what, 10, 15 years ago. The sleepiest races in Wisconsin were for Supreme Court justice. Nobody turned out for that. If there was something hot on your local ballot in the spring general, okay, maybe. But, like, people didn't get overly worked up about this. And now it's become really important with the court so divided and so many things going there.
0: Well, that's just it. Everything goes there now. We we legislate through the state Supreme Court oftentimes or stop legislation through the state Supreme Court. That's the new tool. Yes. So... These races have taken on
2: greater significance and both sides, liberals and conservatives, are trying to figure out how do we turn our people out in April for an election where the only thing typically statewide on the ballot is this race that unless you're really into politics or the machinations of governance in the state, you're pro- it's not real sexy. It's not like the governor's race where everybody knows who the governor is and who's running and they're kind of up on that. This is a little bit more nuanced. So how do we how do we juice the turnout in our favor? And that really more than the question of wanting to know where people are at, I think is what's driving more and more of these referendum questions that we're going to see on the ballot. But I want to walk you through a couple of them and just ask again, are we having too many of these referendum questions and do they have any purpose anyway? First, of all, I do want to separate out and point out the, the key difference between what was voted on in favor and at our state Senate yesterday that is going to be on the ballot more than likely. And this is an amendment to the state constitution. So unlike these advisory referenda where they're just seeking opinion or guidance or whatever, this will have a binding impact if it ends up on the ballot. How you change the constitution of the state of Wisconsin is the legislature must pass some sort of proposal in one session, and then you have to have another election cycle. So two years later, You have to have a new legislature approve in both houses, that identical legislation, and then that goes on the ballot for a statewide referendum. And then if the majority carries it, that will become a part of the state constitution. That's what's up here when we're talking about this bail reform. Have you walked through any of the pillars of that, E, like specifically what we're looking at, how we're changing
0: bail well, it, one of the ideas behind it is to be able to look at the history of the suspect, right? The history of the person, that, the defendant, as it were. Yes. So
2: one of the complaints about our current bail system is you've had judges saying, well, really bail as it exists under the law in Wisconsin is only supposed to be about setting a number, a dollar amount that will ensure the accused returns for a court date. Right. And it's not really supposed to be about whether or not I think they're dangerous, or whether or not I think they probably did it, or any of those things.
0: But that has to come into play sometimes. I feel like doesn't it does it? anyway,
2: and they find ways around it. Um, it. Likely, one way they can say is uh, they'll be likely to flee. What is the flight risk? So if you have right. someone who's, you know, in a very serious crime, you say, "Wow, this person's got a lot to lose. They're likely a flight risk. Therefore, I'll work my way around mm-hmm. that other stuff." And and set cash bail very high. But this is a constitutional amendment that would change that and really codify in law in the state constitution, yes, judges, when they're setting cash bail, ought to look at more than just whether or not we think Eric, who's accused of this crime, is going to show back up in a month and a half or whenever his next court date is. has to be about more than that. And so this would be binding. If that ends up on the April 4th ballot, it's in the hands of the voters, and it's a legitimate last step that is necessary in order to change the state's constitution. No problem with that one. It passed the state Senate on a majority vote, and it will pass very likely in the state assembly on Thursday, right? They're going to take it up mm-hmm. Thursday. Mm-hmm. I think there's no chance that doesn't go through the assembly again held by Republicans, and that's this will end up on your April 4th ballot. So I wanted to tell you about that. But then we're debating also in our state legislature two other proposals for statewide advisory referenda that I argue would do virtually nothing, one, because they're advisory, two, because we're very rarely listened to in that way, and three, are actually designed to do other things anyway.
0: The Wisconsinites overwhelmingly support Roe and safe legal access to abortion. That's a statement supported by data. It's not up for debate.
2: That's uh, Governor Tony Evers pushing for a referendum supported by Democrats, they want to put this on the ballot across Wisconsin April 4th. Shall Wisconsin's 1849 abortion law be repealed and the constitutional rights guaranteed under Roe versus Wade be restored? That was voted down in the U.S. Senate or in the state Senate. That's not going to be on the ballot. But that's what Democrats wanted. My question to the governor is, If, as you say, this is supported by data and we all know where everybody stands already, what's the point of having an advisory referendum?
0: But I would contend if we already know where everyone stands, why isn't the legislature doing anything about it?
2: Fair enough question. And I think clearly polling data, regardless of where you stand on the abortion issue, I think polling data shows the majority of Wisconsinites do support at least some other allowances for abortion that go further than what right now is in our state law after roe was overturned so even if that's a majority of opinion we already know that so what's the point of having the advisory referendum republicans they want an advisory referendum as well the referendum they want and might well get on the ballot april 4th is shall able-bodied childless adults be required to look for work in order to receive taxpayer funded welfare benefits that's the question they want on the april 4th ballot that did pass the senate And, again, likely will pass in the Assembly.
0: And, again, if they get more than 50% of the vote in that question uh, in April, you don't even need that. Why don't you just do it now? Don't need that. You already know how you feel about it, and you already know how people largely feel about it anyway.
2: So what really is at play here? The Old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. 855-616-1620. Do you see what I see at play here in the Wisconsin State Legislature.
0: Commence primary ignition.
2: Talk about it next on Wisconsin's Morning News. That is a good reason to be fascinated. 821 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Give us a call or drop us a text if you want to participate in the conversation. Just, are you opening it again? Just wanted to make sure. It's open. Or not.
0: Come in. All right, go ahead.
2: Is this interesting or no? Like, should people know this? They should know this. They should know why. I, I just like, I like this topic because we're exploring the why things might be on your ballot come April 4th, uh, April 4th, 4th.
0: Well, for, and what <laughs> we've learned about that. Know what day,
2: Why doesn't he know he's on the news? Why doesn't he know what date the election is?
0: What we've learned is like everything else, everything is political. There's no actual yeah.
2: reason for anything. That's fine. I'm, I'm just fascinated by it. And if you don't follow politics like closely, you might l- not look... At that inside machination about what is the true motivation about why things are happening. Why an advisory referendum yeah. would be placed. And how can the Republicans get theirs on there, but the Democrats don't? Well, because the Republicans control the legislature, and they get to decide what's going to end but up But I,
0: I contend, I know that you think they're pointless. I actually like, throw them on there. What? Why not? Then we have an actual documented poll that was voted on, whether or not it's an advisory that's going to be acted on. You, you have to explain something then if 75% says they're for or against something, and You know, as the legislature, you do or do not act on it.
2: I'll allow for some. I'm I'm not an absolutist, so there probably are some. You could probably list some referenda that have been on there that I'd say, okay, some non binding. And again, binding referendums, different things. That's putting it directly to the voters. So uh, separate that out. These non binding advisory referenda, you know, what do they really tell us? All they do is bring you to the polls, maybe. Yeah,
0: and if I just, you weren't going to vote
2: already, that's what brings you. I just think there are plenty of ways for lawmakers to know what is what's the pulse of the public, right? Uh, are your congressman or woman might even send you. I get these from Washington. Brian Style is my guy now. I used to get them from Paul Ryan. You know, hey, fill out this survey if you want. Number of questions. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, various other state lawmakers. I think I've gotten those from. They're usually polls. Sometimes the polls are sort of juiced, like the the questions are. Asked in a manner that would probably get the result that the lawmaker hopes, and I'm not accusing Style of that or any one individual. I just, you know They're when work you've got a survey it's that yes. is designed to create a certain answer yes. to help support that which he or she already believes. So you might get that, but you can send a survey out in the district. You can do polling. You can actually be a, a good legislator and hold listening sessions, as many do. Yeah, Say, do. Hey, yep. come on out and see me. I'd like to hear from you. And then past that, then you process that information and... We don't live in a pure democracy. We live in a democratic republic because we elect people to go make decisions on our behalf. And then so then with the information that you have, go, go vote, go legislate. And if I don't like it, I'll vote for the other guy next time. But quit with these ask. Well, let's just ask everybody. All right. Well, then
0: let's, let's throw you all out there. But but, but just I don't send me a list of what? crap to vote on every year. But why not though? Like, like, why is why is that a bad thing? Why is that a bad thing? And, and again, I I yeah, agree I know. with you that the advisories are a joke. Yes. <laughs> it's a complete joke. But if they actually are giving some insight, in that we don't, well, oh, I don't believe polls or this or whatever. No, actually, according to the last election, this many percentage of people want this, that, or the other thing. I think a poll could be even more
2: accurate because then you're you're polling people, you're getting a poll of some people who may not actually show up to vote on April fourth. Okay. I mean, what are those number? What's the turnout going to be? Twenty percent. All right. Good point. So now you're just pulling the people who are energized (laughs) for or against your particular issue that tripped their trigger to get out there. Then put them on during a presidential election, then. What's the problem? Right. Well, there again, too, it will only be on to juice turnout one way or another and try to get your side out. So I just don't... I'm not even going to say I don't like that they've been mechanized in this way. Just I just put it out there again today so people know, like, know that that's what's going on here. And each side knows it's exactly what's going on here. And they're looking across the aisle at each other going, oh, yeah, you want that on there? Well, I'm going to put this on there. Do so you want this red meat for your base? So I'm going to put this red meat for our army base.
0: Meanwhile, everything is working efficiently in Things the capital building. Great, right. They're doing awesome work. Got to figure out how to spend that 6 billion dollars. It's <laughs> yeah, surplus money. Projected surplus. 826
2: on Wisconsin's Morning News. 28 on Wisconsin's morning. He's got a couple of texts on me. No one asked my opinion via a poll in years, but I vote religiously, so I like these referendums. That's what voting is for, not polling, which is only a sampling. Yeah. Fair enough. I got you. That's doubling down on your point, Eric. Yeah. why if, Okay. Fine. You like to be asked via poll, sure. Right. Sure. And you yeah, always go to the polls, and that's true. I guess. When's the last time you answered a and, poll? And
0: why can I just you answer your
2: phone? Why?
0: <laughs> at all? I have a hard time answering my phone when someone I you know bet. is calling. <laughs> but why do we just have to assume that, like, you know, it's it doesn't always have to be red and blue. The advisory referendum could actually be a thing that okay, all of lawmakers say, oh, you know what? Okay, this many percent think this thing. Okay, let's figure this out then. Let's let's come to an agreement on this on marijuana or on whatever like why if if 80% 60% says yes to the question maybe they should figure something out then
2: you know senator ron johnson and again he's us senator so not involved in the state legislature but did have an interesting proposal on something that would have been an advisory referendum that i may have gotten behind and he it was on the abortion issue but uh, Senator Johnson envisioned a referendum question that had a series of options about talking about, like, when life begins. I don't want to misquote him exactly, but one of the problems we have in coming to an agreement on what our abortion laws should be is there's disagreement over what life is. When does it begin? When is it appropriate to have an abortion? What is what is the number of weeks? Is it never? Is it 10 weeks? Is it 14 weeks? Is it 23 weeks or 24? You know, some states have that. Is it first trimester? Is it all these things? So Senator Johnson's idea for an advisory referendum would have had a series of things. Which one is it for you? Is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Is it here? That might have had some value. So I said, I'm not an absolutist. I don't say never, but I think a lot of these are garbage mm-hmm. and we could do without them.
0: I don't disagree with that either, though, that it's all being done for political purposes and not for actual legislating.
2: One more text on this from Jeff and Fox Point. I fixed the damn roads.
0: You <laughs> fixed the damn
1: roads.
2: <laughs> Why do I have to vote on this damn referendum? How
1: about that?
2: <laughs> That's my favorite My favorite line for the whole campaign last year. I fixed the damn roads. You <laughs> fixed the damn roads. <laughs> And I laughed so hard because it was more than that. I said it at the time, but I, it was the last – was it a day before the campaign – or before the vote? It
0: was really close. Really it was close. within a couple of days, if not the day before.
2: It had the debate. It had months and months and months of campaigning, all the stuff, all the commercials, whatever – You're still there talking to the governor. Well, you know, ask him whatever questions they're asking. I think he probably just had it. I don't know what he wants. I did this, I did that, I fixed
0: the damn roads. Go ahead and vote.
1: Jazz as hell.
0: And now he's jazzed as hell. Real quick here from the 414. You guys fresh off the boat? You think legislators want to risk their seats by actually doing something? (laughs) (laughs) 831 on Wisconsin's Uh, morning news. How
1: about that?
2: Why are you so fascinated with uh, Fireside Biden?
0: <laughs> so there's a video of him meeting with the Netherlands president, right? Yesterday. They were both at the White House. And What, what sort of business do we have with the Dutch? Well, I'm sure we have things to discuss. Right. Speed skating? I don't know. <laughs> Um <laughs> right, you guys take your foot off the gas a little bit. <laughs> hey, what you? What's what the are you orange on there? Right. Um <laughs> No, but it's the <laughs> there was the angle. They're amazing speed skaters. It was and they're super tall. The, uh it was the angle of the shot, it just it made me chuckle because there's a shot of the, the Netherlands president who's a little bit younger than well, who um, isn't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> then the president, and then there's uh, President Biden there, and they're in front of a, a fireplace where the the fire's going. It's Thing roaring, is roaring. Right, they got a really good fire going, and they're both dressed in the nines in their suit. And in the in the shot, which is taken from a certain angle, it makes Biden look small. You know, smaller than the younger uh, Dutch president. Okay, and uh, he's got. A, they're both in suits. And uh, And the the big, big, big well-stuffed chairs. Yeah, yeah, those big chairs. Elegant chairs. Elegant chairs with this giant roaring fire. And it got me laughing. It got me thinking of Christmas (laughs) time when you go to your grandparents' house and everyone is dressed to the nines and your uncle lit the fire and that thing is just rolling. And there you are sitting next to, you know, Grandpa as he's holding court, you know, discussing (laughs) a story or two, you know, about whatever is going on in their life. And there you are, dressed to the nines, listening and shaking your head, and that's what I saw. I saw, you know, the Dutch president kind of nodding, and yeah, I, as they're sitting by this roaring fireball. starts asking you questions.
1: So how's school then? <laughs> yeah.
2: What are you studying there in school? I don't know, Grandpa. We don't really study, you know. What's your major? Yeah. I'm in high school, Grandpa. Well, what are you interested in? You know who's an athlete? <laughs> the Catholics. They're the athlete. They're the they're something the, like that. <laughs> yes. They're the real
0: athlete. Ten sport. Ten disciplines. anyway it got me laughing because that's what it reminded me of (laughs) five memories of sitting there next to the fire with my grandpa both of us dressed to the nines and some christmas all dressed up
2: (laughs) my grandfather my mom's side my maternal grandfather was was a yeller like even when he wasn't he just was a loud guy that was his thing so he was always talking like this (laughs) when i was a little kid i mean it'd just scare you come in why do you dress like that? Why you do you th- get them shoes? You think you he's get angry the- with you? Yeah, he wasn't. He was just <laughs> him talking. Yeah. What sports are you playing now? Like you were like, in trouble. I don't know. I hope I have the right um, answer. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, football? Yeah.
0: Yeah. What position do you play? Uh, fullback, I guess. What do you mean you guess? I mean, I don't play a lot. Why not? See, that's different, <laughs> though. Your relationship and my relationship with uh, our grandparents is different than I feel like generations now. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Generations now, they like see their grandparents all the time, depending on, of course, where you live and that type of thing. But so much tighter, so yeah. much closer, sometimes closer in age, but just closer in relationships oftentimes. No doubt.
2: We saw my grandparents uh, on, on either side on holidays and special events, right? And once in a while, my parents would make them come to one thing that we were in. If you were in the play... Yeah. Game. Right. okay, like which night is someone going to bring grandma and grandpa to the play? And yeah. as a little kid, I was almost like embarrassed. It was like, eh, grandma doesn't have to come to the, you know, whatever, to my middle school play. But now they're at everything. Mm-hmm. My parents go to a lot of stuff to watch my kids do this, Sure, things, yeah, right?
0: my, my uh, in-laws do too. They live in the area, so they come quite a bit. In fact, it's amazing. Like sometimes they're at more stuff than I am. I feel like. So, <laughs> hey, if you're going to be at this,
2: you do you mind just swinging by car. and grabbing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're going to be at it anyway,
2: I meant right. Well, and our parents too. By by that measure, I think we didn't we didn't go to everything, or my my, my parents didn't go to everything. Right. You yeah, Did what you not. wanted to yep, do. Yep. I mean, maybe you got a ride. <laughs> how did it go? Right. Usually you're riding your bike across town, doing whatever, like just report back to me. How was your day?
0: Like, I don't need to be at every practice. (laughs) I do remember. I was fine with it. Sometimes I used to play baseball by the library. My dad would drop me off for a game and then he'd head over to the library and hang out for a bit. And it never bothered me, but I I chuckle at that idea now because now my kids would be like, Hey, why weren't you watching? Why'd you go to the library? (laughs) What? What book was more interesting than me playing
2: baseball? I think somewhere in the middle is about right. I mean, in our family, if I, there are times where if I've got something that I can't be, you know, I can't, I can't be at this, your major stuff, of course. Or my, you know, my, my daughters are theater kids. So they've got the, you know, the spring musical is coming up. There'll be one, two, three, like six, seven, eight performances, maybe max. I'll get to like three or four of them. You don't need me there every single night. And that's, and that's okay. That's Mm -hmm, still a lot. mm -hmm, Yeah. I feel like our parents would have gone once. Okay, I'll go see the play. (laughs) That's fine. Let me know if you need to get picked up. (laughs) Let me know if you need a ride. 843 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 847 on this Wednesday morning, Wisconsin's Morning News. What time is the Harley thing? 10 o'clock today?
0: Yes, 10 o'clock. The big adults, bugs.
2: Yes. They've been awfully closed-lipped about this. I think some of it has to do with bands and entertainment and the acts that they want to roll out for the 120th anniversary celebration, which is this summer. Harley Davidson 120th big anniversary.
0: Born
1: to be
2: yeah,
1: wild.
0: True or false? ZZ Top is coming. Born
1: <laughs> True, right? No,
0: it'll be uh, Doobie Brothers, right. Tim McGraw, Kid Rock, and then they're going to cap it off with Elton John. Right. I think that's what it'll be. Man. Don't, don't <laughs> do it about that today on their big announcement <laughs> okay. day. Actually, I didn't have a problem with the lineup. <laughs> Everyone else
2: did. Yes. But anyway, moving on. I worked the 90th Harley-Davidson Ooh, reunion. Who played that When one? that whole thing was new. And it was one. It was a one day, right? It was a one day event at the Summerfest grounds. Okay. We were going to celebrate Harley Davidson's 90th anniversary, that would have been what? 92 then. Yes. I had just graduated yes. from high school, and I was working at Susie's Cheesecakes. Or 93. 93. At Summerfest, and we had a booth, and so we had a booth for the 90th as well. It was a one day thing, and I remember seeing like as a as a youngin. It's awesome. Pretty interesting stuff there.
1: I bet you <laughs> did. Crowd, it was it's awesome. probably
2: great. I had never probably given Harley Davidson, uh, you know, another thought. I had good friends of ours, uh, kids who lived behind me in my neighborhood. Dad worked for Harley Davidson for many years, so I was around bikes because of them, and I knew it, but, you know, we didn't have a biking culture in my family, so it wasn't a thing that I was really familiar with, and I was like, these people are awesome. Yeah.
0: That's right? so much fun. I uh One of my first years in Milwaukee was the 100th, and I that- yeah. It blew me the away. The mother
2: of all parties. I was just
0: blown away by the number of people, the number of motorcycles. We took pictures. I remember my wife and I walked around the city just taking pictures yep. of just bikes. It just sees a sea of bikes everywhere. And the people who ride them.
2: And that was mm-hmm. awesome yeah. too. So we know a few things about what Harley-Davidson wants to do for its 120th. Uh, it, it's actually going to be like a rebranding of sorts for these parties, which we've gotten used to sort of every five years here. From here on out, there are going to be anniversary parties every year, and the company wants to call them Harley-Davidson Homecoming. Okay. So I don't know if that means we'll always have something on a smaller scale. They'll ramp it up for the 125th and for the 130th if they're going to maybe have some other locations, although they're calling it Homecoming. so Locations outside of Milwaukee? Yeah, I wonder. I have no idea. Just I just totally okay. threw that out. Uh we do know the dates for this year's event already: July thirteenth through the sixteenth, so mid-July. And we also know, you know, these are big opportunities for Harley Davidson to try to attract new fans, to celebrate the fans whom they have, mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm. they ride or not, and attract new fans. Uh, Billy Davidson is is a kind of a friend of mine. I see him socially a couple of things Ooh, a year. Look at you name we, dropping. We, <laughs> I just wanted to identify like how. Yeah, okay, a little bit. Maybe I'll text Dick Leinenkugel quick just to say hi. Just say hello, right, because you are... What, what, how did I just phrase that? Friends a little bit? <laughs> but I didn't want to project that onto Bill. Like, like I, mean, I, I know him a little bit. I see him at a couple parties, but... Okay. We have Actually, he and I have a really good mutual friend in, in common, or friend in common. Uh, one of my good friends is one of his good friends, and that's kind of how I got cool. to know him a little bit. But I talked to him over the summer just about these parties in general and how much they mean.
1: We've always said... The motorcycle is kind of the ticket in, and then once you have that ticket in, we roll out the red carpet with events and activities and certainly demonstrate to both riders and non-riders, hey, this is a lot of fun. Come on in. Have some fun.
2: So, yeah, and I put myself in that category of when we have these big parties every few years, it's like, yeah, I want to go down and hang with the people. Sure, I don't have a bike Maybe that's one day in my future. I don't know. I don't rule it out, but it's certainly not something I'm doing right now. I don't ride, but I like being around the people. I like the party. like the company. Yeah. So that'll be this summer, and at 10 o'clock this morning, Harley-Davidson is going to roll out. Uh, more formally, what its plans are. I guess we don't, my question is not even so much what are the performances, who are the performers, but where are we going to have stages? You have to think, as usual, the museum will be the epicenter of a lot of that activity. Mm-hmm. Are they going to have things at the headquarters on Juneau? Is there going to be a, and I didn't check the date to see if it conflicts with any other festivals in town, but is there going to be a Summerfest grounds component or a Veterans Park component? You know, other things like that. What? I hope
0: so, just because it'd be awesome to have a big old party again.
2: You know, the other thing, too, is many of the dealerships do their own thing as well. So you have Harley-Davidson, the company, and then each one of the individual dealerships... Throw their own parties. They do their own thing, like yep. House of yep. Harley in, in Greenfield there on Layton Avenue. That place is awesome, and they do huge parties, and all the other dealerships have things and events and ride-ins, and maybe they have at their own stages with their own performers, so... We'll hear from them, I imagine, in the coming days as well, after Harley Davidson puts out its its big lineup. 10 o'clock this morning, and you can stream it if you're interested. You want to watch it live. Of course, we'll bring you coverage through the day. But that is HarleyDavidson.com. You can stream that announcement live at 10 o'clock today.
1: WTMJ W two seven seven CV and WKTI HD two Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good Karma brand station.
2: Eight fifty six on Wisconsin's Morning News. Dan Adams is in the house. He's in for Scafidi for the next three hours. Great to see you, Dan. Hey, great to
1: see you guys. What's happening today? Well, it's a beautiful day in Wisconsin. We've got a big agenda uh, for my first and only, probably only solo. <laughs> we'll we'll step let you know. in. Yeah, step into the big, big man's chair. So we're going to talk some Wisconsin budget surplus and what we're going to do with all that dough. We're going to talk startups with Generator co-founder Joe Kurgis. We're going to talk CrossFit, my favorite t- uh, subject that Steve Skefidi will never let me talk about. <laughs> Uh, and then we're going to talk immigration and border policy.
0: So when you do closing arguments, do you have that all like detailed down <laughs> on no. a piece of paper?
1: You know, I, I've my medium, of course, is the courtroom as a criminal defense lawyer, and I never write down anything. If I have to write something down, it's really? filed ahead of time, but I've been winging it for so long <laughs> that a piece of paper is going to drive me nuts in the courtroom. And We'll see how that translates to radio this morning. <laughs> Man, that's, that's impressive, though. You have to have the,
2: the clarity of thought. How do, you, how do you get ready for that moment, then? Do you, like, for me, if it's, if it's a speech or something that I'm going to do without notes... Got to get in the zone. Uh, right. I'll do it if I'm on a run or something like that. I run through it in my head that way.
1: Yeah, it's a combination of deep preparation, knowing what you're talking yeah. about, and then letting your mind kind of marinate on things, going for a walk, kind of meditating you know, when you're washing the dishes, letting your deep mind think about these things that you are prepared for. And usually you come up with some pretty good uh, things to say in court. you ever repeat yourself? All the time. <laughs> All <laughs> the, the time in court, like, oh, the man. judge is rolling their eyes, and Adams again, <laughs> get to the point. No, it, there is a training element to it. And uh, I was a young prosecutor in Milwaukee County, and I had some very patient circuit court judges uh, who let me try out and cut my teeth there. And Again, I hope it translates to radio today.
2: Well, you said it, though, Dan, preparation. I mean, just because you don't have things out word for word doesn't mean you're not game planning, role playing, doing all of those things. One of my favorite things to say, I think I made it up because I never heard it anywhere else, but this is like a saying that you would see on a poster with a cat hanging in there or something like (laughs) that. But I always say there's no substitute for preparation. If you need to get away with it, sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't prepare for breaking news or whatever but there is no substitute for actually being well-prepared for something.
1: That's true. And, you know, in most lines of work, at least in media, your preparation is at least interesting because you're reading the new stuff. You're you're trying to get multiple sources. So you have a well-formed opinion about something. And then you're taking a step back and using that information to try to form an opinion and something original to say. So at least it's intellectually engaging.
2: Yeah. Pro tip. If you're bored in your prep, probably not going to be in (laughs) (laughs) trouble right 858 on wisconsin's morning news dan adams is next for scafidi on wtmj